Hello and welcome to Finding Perfect Property, Diary of a Buying Agent. I am your host, Camilla Dell. I've worked in the London residential property market since 2002. In 2007, I founded Blackbrick, a Mayfair-based buying agency assisting buyers to find and secure the right property on the best possible terms. We've assisted over 500 clients to successfully purchase over a billion pounds worth of property. And over the next few episodes, I'll be sharing insights into the world of buying agents and introducing you to our little black book of industry contacts, professionals at the top of their field who will be sharing their top tips on how to purchase property the right way. Today, we welcome a powerhouse guest to our discussion. Catherine O'Shea, Director in the Strategic Solutions team at Coots. Kitty and her team focus on alternative investments, utilizing their connections to identify attractive opportunities for their clients and their increasingly diverse needs. Following on from a master's in real estate, a master's in international business and finance, and a first-class honors degree in business studies, Kitty has been part of the real estate team at Coots since its launch in early 2013 and works with clients looking to buy or invest in residential property. She also manages the Coots panel of residential buying agents, as well as producing the Coots London Prime Property Index, providing a quarterly update on the prime and super prime markets. Talk about a big hitter in residential finance knowledge. Kitty, thank you so much for joining us today. No problem. Great to be here. So, Kitty, first question for you. You work in the fast-paced world of Coots, where we see some of the world's wealthiest conducting their wealth management. But when looking for the right investment opportunities, what is it, in your opinion, that makes central London so remarkable? Why is it so popular with clients, do you think? Well, for me, it has to be the architecture. It could be a classical Georgian white stucco building in Belgravia. It could be a beautifully decorative Victorian red brick mansion block, one of those cute, colourful muse houses or your classic townhouse. Some of our clients have incredible homes in London. They essentially own a slice of history, something that's truly unique. But there's lots of reasons why clients choose London and the UK more generally as their home or their home away from home. It's obviously one of the major financial capitals of the world. It's very easy to do business here. The UK is ranked eight out of 190 countries on the World Bank study of the ease of doing business. It's got one of the most mature legal systems in the world. It's got world-renowned independent schools and universities. And London itself is so culturally diverse. It's a fascinating city to live in. For investors, it's a really interesting time for property in London as well, particularly those looking in prime central locations. Property prices in central London have had fairly subdued growth over the last eight years, almost a decade now. And so it's long overdue a bit of a rebound. Um, Prices, as you know, peaked in 2014, but parts of the market never really had a chance to bounce back. So prices in Knightsbridge and Belgravia, for example, are about 22% off the height of the market. And Chelsea, prices are about 15% off the height of the market. So opportunity for investors. And then finally, as a bank, Coots has got offices and coverage right across the UK. But it's no surprise that the majority of our lending book is against property in London and the southeast. Last year, about 80%, so 80 
um, of our net new lending by value was against property in London and the southeast. So clearly a very important market for us too. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Kitty. That's a great overview um, in terms of your, your thoughts on the market. Turning to the market, I think probably something that's at the forefront of, of people's minds at the moment, certainly anyone that's contemplating a new property purchase, whether that's a home or an investment, is, is the headlines, the great British press putting the fear of God into everybody about inflation, um, cost of living crisis. I think I saw a headline pop up on the Telegraph this week saying, whatever you do, do not you know, borrow up to the hilt. Um, don't overstretch yourself if you're thinking of buying property. And I think it's fair to say that at the moment, none of the forecasters seem to be able to agree on what the impact of rising interest rates and inflation are going to have on the London property market. And I'd just love to hear what your thoughts are from a um, Coots um, lending perspective, um, how the bank is dealing with those nerves. You know, what advice are you giving to clients at the moment who are thinking about a new purchase and having to deal you know, with potentially a more expensive mortgage? So I think we, we've had it so good for so long when it comes to interest rates, haven't we, really? Um, yeah. They really had only kind of one way to go. We're seeing lots of mortgage renewals at the moment, uh, with many clients looking to hedge against the risk of further interest rate hikes and locking in fixed-term mortgages. So we're seeing lots of activity in mortgage renewal space at the moment. Um, in March earlier this year, we made some changes to our fixed rate mortgages, mortgage products. So our 10-year fixed product became cheaper than our two and five-year fixed product. And that's because currently 10-year funding costs are cheaper than two and five-year funding costs. So we've passed on those savings to clients, giving our clients the opportunity to have stability over their, their mortgage payments um, for a longer period of time. And obviously you mentioned inflation as well, so closely linked to interest rates is inflation and it does feel like we're entering a, a whole new era when it comes to inflation at the moment and it's a challenge for our clients um, there's a massive opportunity cost of keeping cash balances at the moment with inflation at nine percent so it forces clients into higher risk inflation or higher risk assets for inflation beating returns so that kind of lends itself to kind of property um private equity, equities, and at an individual client level, um, clients need to think about their overall balance sheet and ensure they've got enough diversification across those asset classes. But I think there's definitely a case to be made for property. There seems to be a, a bit of a sense of opportunity now for taking advantage of a prime central London market that has had pretty stagnant growth for a number of years. So about eight years, it's had fairly stag stagnant growth. So for investors, there's a desire to put funds or assets into assets they enjoy. Um, so you can put, uh, I guess, kind of buy bigger houses. If, if they have cash, it's putting further funds into to assets that they can actually enjoy. Uh, for others, it's simply about asset allocation, investing in real assets that appear cheap relative to historic prices. But I just want to make a general kind of statement that uh, property, as we know, tends to be an uh, a hedge against inflation. Um, that's because as rents tend to, to rents tend to increase in line with inflation, and we're already seeing rents go up quite a bit in London. It's been in the news a lot recently that rents are hitting record highs in London. 
yeah. as tenants return to the capital, demand seems to be outpacing supply and that's caused rents to increase. So if you do a simple yield calculation, if rents go up, property prices too tend to go up. So it's kind of building the case really for London property at the moment. Yeah, I think that's some really good advice. Um, moving on to the actual process of, of, of clients taking um, a mortgage, what things, you know, what would be sort of your advice, somebody approaching Coots and thinking about financing? Um, what sorts of things can, can buyers do to prepare themselves for that conversation with the bank if they're thinking about borrowing? And what's the advantage, do you think, of, of clients coming to Coots versus, say, um, a high street lender or, or turning to a, to a mortgage broker? Sure. So I think at, at the start of your search, I think I think we have to say that it's never too early to speak to your private banker about your property investment plans. Most high street banks or mortgage brokers probably won't do much with you until you've found a property. But at Coots, we really want to help as early as we can to get everything in order so that you can be ready to push the button when you found a property. And particularly now, the market is quite competitive. Um, I feel this, imp- this point is probably more important than before. But as part of your preparation, your private banker will work with you to define your budget. So how much you'd like, what a repayment plan would look like, how much you'd like to kind of pay on a monthly basis. And then we can prepare some options for you. If you're new to the bank, then ideally we'd get the accounts open and the credit application approved in advance so that everything is lined up and ready to go when you're ready to transact. It's probably worth flagging too that at Coots, uh, when a mortgage application has been approved, we'll honour those rates for six months. So most banks will only offer three months, and particularly now that interest rates are changing more regularly. But giving clients those kind of certainty of rates for those six months, it gives them a bit of breathing space when they're looking for property. And then I just you you asked about how we compare to um, high street banks and mortgage brokers. Mm. So I think Coots occupies a bit of a sweet spot in between your typical high street bank at one end that can offer low rates, but they can't really deal with complexity in any way. And then at the other end, you have your typical private bank that can cope with complexity, but can't really offer competitive rates as they don't have the same risk-based pricing that we can offer. I guess then comparing us to brokers, which you mentioned, uh, well, Coots does lots of work with brokers. We work closely with them. They have a very important role in placing business with the right lender. Um, we do loads of business with them each year. So they're really important source of business for us. So don't be surprised if you go through a broker and it ends up landing back with Coots. But if you are using a broker, you may find that they're moving you around from pillar to post every few years. So there is a, a bit of an admin burden if you're going down that route. If you do want to speak directly with Coots, uh, we're all about longevity of service and the wider package. So the benefit of coming direct to us is that you get real time information to your, on your mortgage. You get a dedicated private banker and then you'll get a range of solutions presented to you considering your overall financial planning and wealth management needs. So we can offer a more holistic approach to your financial planning if you want us to. 
That's really useful and, and really encouraging to hear that when you make an offer to a client, that that offer remains valid for six months. Because I think, you know, as we all know at the moment with the supply and demand dynamics, particularly in, in London, it can take time to find the right property. Um, so I think um, that that six months um, validity on your offers is 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 really, really good news for for anyone thinking about taking finance. Kitty, obviously, it's um, it's a really competitive landscape out there. It is in my world. I'm sure it is in your world as well. Clients have got a lot of choice when it comes to which private banks they choose to do business with. What would you say are Coots's unique selling points? Why should clients come to Coots as opposed to other uh, private banks that they could be working with? Sure. So. At a high level, I think it's all about flexible lending solutions because we really understand the different income streams and asset bases of high net worth clients. So you might be an entrepreneur that's taking a small salary, but you've got undrawn profits tied up in the business. Or you might be a private equity professional that has carried interest due. Or you might be a typical footballer who's earning large sums now, but is likely to retire in, say, a couple of years before you're 35. So we really do have kind of the knowledge, the infrastructure, the process and products in place to be able to offer clients credible uh, credit solutions uh, to meet the needs of uh, high net worth clients. So we've got a number of products, um, product features and rates that we can offer that, that many banks simply can't offer. Investment-backed lending is one of those. So if you've got investments under management with Coots, we can offer a credit facility against your investments. And this can be a much more cost-effective way of borrowing money for property purchases. The rates are cheaper the fees are lower because there's no valuation fees or arrangement fees. And then you only pay interest on the amount that's drawn. Uh, so it, it effectively works like a, a large overdraft facility. We have an offset mortgage that provides clients with a flexible way to use their bank deposits to reduce mortgage payments or to pay off their mortgage faster. Um, and this is used with lots of our clients for multi-generational planning. So where parents have a bank account and then they can help their children get on the property ladder. But as well as sterling deposits, we can also use euro and US dollar deposits. So if a client has deposits in these currencies, we can use that to reduce their monthly mortgage repayments while retaining access to the euro and dollars if, if needed. We're also one of the only banks that, that offers the same rates when lending to SPVs or individuals. And our clients love this because it's quite complicated from a tax and structuring perspective for clients to consider the pros, of, pros and cons of investing in an SPV or as an ind individual. So we've leveled the pricing from a lending perspective. So at least that removes one variable from the equation to hopefully make it easier for clients to make a decision on how to structure their investments. We also uh, offer green mortgages as an incentive for clients to improve their energy efficiency um, of their homes. So we give clients a discounted arrangement fee for purchasing property with, more, with a more energy efficient um, certificate or for making improvements to their home to make them more energy efficient. Um, and then, of course, I should mention our property finding service where we help clients who are looking to buy or invest in property. So we work closely with our clients to define their objectives and then we can help them select the most suitable partner to help with their search. I just want to turn um, momentarily to loan to value 
ratios. And for those listening in that, that aren't sure what, what loan to value ratio means, essentially it's the amount of money that a bank will lend you on the purchase. And given sort of uncertain markets that we're in at the moment and, and nobody can sort of quite agree on what's going to happen to property prices going forwards, I'd just love to hear sort of what Coots's view is on, on loan to value and also you know, with the uncertainty at the moment, whether you're seeing an increase in down valuations on, on properties uh, before they're bought and before you've actually provided the finance to the client. Sure. So let's talk about loan to values first. So I'm not aware of any changes in the pipeline on a loan to value kind of criteria. Coots has never been a racy lender. We never want our clients to take on too, too much risk when it comes to lending. And we've always been a lender that's been able to lend through the cycle because we carefully design our products so that we don't suddenly have to pull them or change them if the world changes. So uh, you shouldn't expect any changes or any major changes on, on that front from Coots. Then your other question was in relation to down valuations. And they do happen. I don't, I don't think we can say there's been an increase or decrease in down valuations recently, but they, they do happen. And they happen because clients sometimes are happy to pay over the, over the odds for properties that they fall in love with. We do have specialist valuers on our panel that deal with properties right across the country and at different price brackets. Our valuers aren't looking at values 10 years down the line. They are looking at the market now and that's how they value them. I think if it does happen, we'd say to clients, don't take it personally. Sometimes it can be a blessing in disguise. Um, sometimes client, clients use it as a way to go back and renegotiate on the price. Sometimes it opens their clients' eyes to the fact that they have been overpaying in the first place and they may not have been aware of it. Uh, so they may decide to, to walk away from the deal and it may be the right thing to do. If a client um, is using a buying agent, it generally doesn't tend to happen but if it does happen it's usually because again the client is willing to pay a little more to get it and the buying agent will have often made it clear to the client that that is the case and would probably have flagged it to the, the banker as well so there's there's no surprises when when the valuation does come back um it's probably worth flagging nil valuations as well. So that's basically when the valuation comes back and it comes back as zero, wow. um, which sometimes can be a bit of a shock. Um, Gosh, it, I've never <laughs> seen that in my entire career. I've never seen that. Uh, but Sack it, the buying agent to give you a nil valuation deal. <laughs> but it, it, it can happen for three reasons. Um, and it's usually a way of protecting the client from buying something, something that it mightn't be sensible to buy. So it can happen if it's a, a dangerous uh, property to, for us as a bank to have on our books, which also means that it's probably a dangerous property for our clients to own. So this might be if there's no fire safety documents, for example. Um, and this should be a warning sign to clients that if there's something fundamentally not right with the property, it can happen if it there's if it's not satisfactory security for us again to have in a book. So it might be too small, too quirky, um, which would be, make it illiquid and difficult to sell in the future. So again, a bit of a warning sign to clients. And then the third reason that we might get a nil valuation. Again, it, this one rarely happens, but if, say, for example, the bank or Coots is overexposed to a certain development, 
it, it may come back as a, a nil valuation because we may not want to have it on our books. But an early conversation with your private banker should flag this and there should be no surprises. Gosh, interesting. Do you see many, do you see many nil valuations? No, but again, they, they do happen. Um, and so like one is it if it's too small um, yeah. and it just as a as an investment, it just doesn't make sense and it will be highly illiquid. So yeah. um, it does happen. Not often. Yeah, good to hear. Moving moving on to buying agents. I think personally, Coots have got a fantastic and really well organised system when it comes to working with buying agents. How did that come about? Not not all banks are the same um, in terms of how they work with buying agents. And I'm just really interested to hear sort of the background to how the organisation and and how you sort of as a uh, as a company decided that was the route that you were going to take with your panel. Yeah, sure. So, as you said, I don't think many banks offer it. And um, if they do, it's more informal where they might refer a client to a friend and they may not necessarily be the right buying agent for the job or they may not have the relevant experience in the areas that the client is looking at. So we wanted to formalize that process and it it, uh, happened back in 2013. Uh, we set up the panel to allow us to refer clients to some of the best UK buying agents. Um, And depending on what the client is looking for, we would match them up with the agent that we think is best suited for them. Um, So it could be a, it could be a, a, a property in the Mediterranean. It could be a castle in Scotland. It could be a, I don't know, a, a, country pile in the Cotswolds or a flat in London, we should have uh, somebody that will be able to help with any of those buy-side inquiries. Um, and the main reason we do it, as I said earlier on, is it's never too early to speak to your, your banker about your lending needs. Um, and so we often have cases where clients are at the start of the search and we help them um, kind of define what they're looking for and int- introduce them to a buying agent. Or it may be the case that a client has got their fingers burned uh, on 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 something before and then decide actually we need some help here um, so it's a safe way for us to be able to introduce clients to agents that we've screened and vetted and, and it works quite it works very well yeah I think it's great I think it adds adds huge amounts of value to, to everybody involved um, so long may that continue I want to turn briefly to to your background Kitty and how did you end up working um, in, 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 in this business, in property and, and, and your sort of your journey, um, as it were, in terms of how you ended up at Coots and doing the role that you're doing? Yeah, so um, embarrassingly, I'd say it was almost accidental. Um, but I, I finished um, university doing my master's in international business and finance, uh, joined Coots. Um, on a temporary contract, moved around within the bank, and then our head, now head of asset management, Mohammed Syed, uh, came in to set up our alternatives team. And I joined that team, um, basically supporting them um, as, they, as they set it up. And then a role came up in the property team within alternatives, um, and the residential services pretty much carved out for me to run, set up the panel, so it was a lot of product development at the start. And then, um, yeah, and then once product product set up, it's speaking to clients on a regular basis and, and running the service. But my role is split now between property, uh, private equity and corporate finance. So it is it is split. Big um, job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
brilliant. Um, and then just talking sort of a little bit about Coots, I think um, you must get to meet some amazing clients working for the for the Queen's Bank. I mean, it's a you know an insta- it's a, it's a ne- it's a name and a brand that I think is recognised globally. What is sort of can you give us any insight into life at Coots and any sort of amazing client stories that you're able to share obviously on a no-names basis but... <laughs> yeah I couldn't possibly Camilla that's <laughs> what your business discretion is at the heart of everything we do absolutely, but... <laughs> absolutely. that's why I said but, uh, no names no, no, no names <laughs> but yeah we've we've helped um as you as you'd guess a number of high profile clients lots of celebrities lots of footballers by property over the years so it is a fun job but the majority of of who are helping on a day-to-day basis are your entrepreneurs, executives, partners at law firms, uh, which is helping basically very successful people within their field by property. So it's, um, yeah, it's very interesting. <laughs> is, it, is it true that the team that look after the royal family sit behind a red rope? <laughs> I haven't been in the office for a while, so I'm not sure if there's a red rope still there. But there was a red rope when I started. <laughs> I, lo- I love that story. When someone told me that, I was like, "You can just imagine a little team cordoned off." <laughs> That's brilliant. In each episode, we want to be able to give our listeners top tips, golden nuggets for purchasing property in prime central London, ensuring that you're ready and armed for everything that the market has to offer you. So Kitty, if you had to recommend two tips, what would they be? The first, I would say, speak to your private banker early. It is never too early to have a conversation about your property investment plans, what sort of budget and what sort of budget we can get you working with. Um, And then the second one I would say is take advice. If you're investing in the stock market, you'll have a good wealth manager like Coots advising you. If you're investing in property, and for many of us, it's likely to be the largest investment you'll ever make. It just makes sense to take advice from a buying agent. Yes, there's a cost, uh, but it should be viewed as an insurance premium to ensure that you buy the right thing at the right price. And ultimately, they'll often save you more of the asking price to completely offset their fees. Brilliant tips. I love that. I love that, especially the last one, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think they're they're great tips. I think if I had to sort of add on to what you were saying, um, I suppose on the advisory route, I think from my perspective, um, often... I think buyers who aren't aware of buying agents can often be mistakenly led to believe that the estate agent is working for them. And I think it's quite an easy trap to fall into. You've got your friendly estate agent, you get in their car, they drive you around, they show you properties and you start to feel like they're your friend and they're advising you. And I think um, it's just so important to always remember that the estate agent is working for the seller. They get paid by the seller. Um, And so I think my top tip is very similar to yours, Kitty, which is, you know, make sure you take advice. Buying a property is is an expensive transaction, particularly when you look at things like stamp duty. You know, I often say to clients going into the London property market without a buying agent is a bit like going to court without a lawyer um, and trying to represent yourself. So um, I think that's a, a trap uh, not to, not to fall into. And I think my second top tip for buyers would be 
if you're buying a home, I truly believe that the most important thing is not whether it's a great investment. It's not whether this is the right time to buy and will prices drop five or 10% next year. I fundamentally believe that if you're buying a home, it has to be predominantly about whether this is the right home for you and your family long term. I so often see buyers trying to time the market and be really clever. Um, and by doing that, they, they miss out over and over and over again. So I think if you're buying as a home, you know, keep focused on what the goals are, which is this is your home. You're going to own it for the foreseeable future. And that has to be the primary focus with the investment side of things, I think, very much coming secondary. Thank you so much for tuning in to Finding Perfect Property today. And thank you to Kitty for joining us. For more information about how to purchase property in prime central London, please get in touch via our website. And don't forget to like and subscribe on whichever podcast channel you use to listen. See you next time. Thank you.